control. Where's the person that's like, hey, dumb shit, they've already done this before. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! So you lie to yourself to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. We all do it. We all go a little mad sometimes. Come on, one of you nuts has got any guts. What's but a smile on that face? You're only as healthy as you feel. Listen to me! Listen to you by what right? Because I have a right to be and I have a voice! Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Pop Culture Case Study. Yeah, let's do it. I'm pumped. Let's let the healing begin. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Case Study, where we analyze pop culture from a psychological angle, a part of the following films network. And this week, instead of a new release review, we're looking at uh, Ridley Scott's 1979 classic Alien. No, that's not true. We're actually taking a look at new release life. Uh, well, I wish that, that was true. <laughs> And to do that, we have Michael Denniston from War Machine vs. Warhorse. Thanks for joining me on Life, Mike. Yeah, I uh, I just watched Alien like about a month ago, so I feel really prepared to discuss <laughs> that film. And then I rewatched it again when they did this remastered version with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. So yeah, <laughs> I'm in a good place to discuss it. All right, nice. Um, so uh, this was a movie uh, when I when I first saw the trailer, I, I was excited for because I am a big science fiction fan and i was like hey an original science fiction property this is awesome i can't wait to see this uh and then i went to the movies and this movie i i don't think is a bad movie there's not bad performances it's not terribly written go. but it definitely has been done before like i mean a lot of times we complain about movies that are unoriginal and follow the same formulas and sometimes I get a little annoyed at that because there's only so many stories that can be told. So you're going to go over well-trodden ground sometimes. But I think this is way above and beyond just that regular type of unoriginal. Like this is like, oh, I have really seen this before. Yeah, this is a, this is not a fresh take. Uh, this, <laughs> you can you can hear the, the pitch meeting where it was alien uh, and gravity combined. Like, mm-hmm. And they were like, all right, let's make this. And. Yeah, the unfortunate thing, because I, I ripped into Kong Skull Island uh, so much, is I would say this is a far uh, more assured, better attempt at the story they're trying to tell. But it has it doesn't have any sort of distinct style uh, on its own. Like, it's very expensive. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Yeah. Uh, I do have some... I'll just admit, it's. I think it's hard to talk about without spoilers. Yeah, this uh, first sense... section, I think, will be really short before we get to the spoiler section. Because there's, I mean, there's a couple, uh, I don't want to say cool things because I thought they were pretty stupid, but there's some, <laughs> there are some shocks, I guess, that they're holding, withholding uh, from the trailer. I guess. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the trailer is uh, misleading about one character in particular, which I liked because yeah. I thought, when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to see these two uh, individuals square off throughout the whole thing or have right. one of them be some sort of like you know well, at least we don't have the robot from alien we don't have that we don't have someone actively working against themselves See, here so that's, that's the good. thing i wish i think that's what this where this movie falls really short in comparison to a film like alien and of course it's hard to make that comparison because that's i mean to me one of the 10 greatest movies ever made i mean that's that's a heavy comparison but there's nothing there's nothing nefarious going on here really there's there's no difficult moral decisions to be made, maybe until the very end of the film. So, like, everything becomes paint by numbers because there's there's no difficult choices to be made. It's kind of like, oh, well, we have to survive, and that's it. Whereas in Alien, you have some characters just wanting to live through this and some characters who have, you know, much more kind of gray intentions around, like, keeping this creature as a weapon and everything that goes along with the alien mythos. And this has none of that. Like, all these... All these characters, I feel like the actors do a great job with them, but the characters are so stock. 
Like it's, you know, there's nothing really different here built into the script. Well, I think the main issue is the monster itself, the alien. Uh, that I think, I think this thing is one of the dumbest <laughs> ideas put on film. It's also just so amorphous. Of- like it just like, like with the with again with alien like we know we end up knowing what the final the final form of this creature looks like there's kind of two things and this thing keeps changing and so you never really know what it's going to look like and i could see like you said in the pitch meeting pe- the pitch meeting how people would be like oh that'd be so great cuz in every scene we can kind of create a different monster but then it's just like i don't know you just sit there and there's no there's no reality to it. It doesn't seem to actually hold any space because it's such a CGI creation that it's hard for me to even get alarmed by it. See, that's interesting because the uh, I think the writers and directors I did I looked up some interviews because I just want to see how. Look at you. Well, I want to see how did they fucking answer? Hey, this is a lot like Alien and Gravity, and pretty much they're just like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. We really like Alien, so <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, all right. Well, they're not being disingenuous. They're not, you know, trying to lie to me. Um, but they they mentioned how they were like, well, Alien is set in the uh, in the future, and we wanted this to be like this could happen now, like this could happen with our astronauts. I'm like, well, you failed in that regard. Yeah, <laughs> because it's like I didn't. One complaint I did have is, uh, and the the director apparently was really proud that the characters. Uh, always act like real smart people would in this situation. And I didn't feel that at all. I felt like it does fall into horror movie tropes where uh, you're saying that there's not a cold calculating decision made, these moral questions. And the problem is because they're too good and too noble. Right. So you establish this monster, this alien life form that is total bullshit and that it can do any and everything at once. Yeah. And apparently has a great <laughs> – Great battle plan for if it ever gets picked up as some sort of dust particle on a planet gets it is ready, life, Mike. Ready gets brought to life in a lab and then knows like okay, I got to take out the communications first. I got to. I'm like, well, has it been on this ship before? What well, I don't understand this. So right, that was all bullshit. I didn't feel like how certain people are killed off. I felt like that was like walking into uh, the haunted house or right. chasing you know the, the killer with the slashing knife. I felt like they did a disservice to these astronauts, these scientists who <laughs> never really make that decision. Oh, there's the dog. Never make that <laughs> distinction that it's like, you know what? Okay, I think that this person is done. I think that we have to seal off this room. It's like everyone was – did they watch Outbreak? Excuse me. There's a lot of sequences uh, that I think are designed to make you feel like they are making difficult decisions. I mean we have the first, we have the first section where they kind of seal off the – um, the kind of the science officer into the room, despite, you know, being attacked by this alien, which we kind of see in the trailer. And then there's another sequence where someone else gets sealed off because they're all running from the monster. But I th- I think uh, what makes a science fiction movie great is actually taking the time to think about those decisions. When you're making those decisions at the spur of the moment, it's not a moral decision anymore. It's just a survival decision. So that didn't really that didn't really get to me. I think like Really, the only reason to see this movie for me is Jake Gyllenhaal. I think his performance is really good as as it always is. And I think his character is honestly the only character who has something a little bit different and something interesting. There is a whole kind of plot line where for you know a reason that's shown in the film, he doesn't. He doesn't like people, essentially. He doesn't like Earth, so he wants to stay up in the ship as long as possible. And I kind of liked that angle and the way they kind of try to make that work near the end of the film. I think that works. But everyone else, like, I mean, I really like Rebecca Ferguson. I think she's a really talented actor, but she's not really given much to do here, and neither is anyone else. And that's kind of a shame. If you were going to 
rehash a movie like Alien, you better have characters I care about. But these these characters are so kind of two-dimensional the way they're written that it's hard to care about them at all. Also, what you just pointed out about Jake Gyllenhaal, George Clooney does in about 20 minutes in Gravity. Like, we get that yeah. in a much more, I don't know, fun character. And charming. He's not, as, yeah. he's not morose. He's not just sort of lounging about in the, the blackness of space. Uh, I uh, Yeah, I, I didn't take anything from this movie other than like, well, that was disappointing. That was that was a lot of money spent for something that no one will be talking about a year from now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the most upsetting thing about it is it's it's not a movie that is bad enough to be memorable or good enough to be memorable. Like it's a perfectly capable movie uh, and the you know, the performances are just good enough, but there's nothing <laughs> but there's nothing amazing about it. There's nothing that's really going to stick with you. Like I'm sure if you ask me about this movie life in three weeks, I'm going to struggle to remember anything that happened. I might remember the actors who were in it and that it was a lot like Alien, but that's really all that's going to jump to mind. Imagine you or I trying to sell this script. <laughs> like if, if you posted this online, where where's the internet troll? Where's the person that's like, hey, dumb shit, they've already done this before. I'm just, I, it astounds me the amount of money yeah. that's sort of wasted on these type of properties. And I tweeted out, I mean, I was being very snarky, but I'm like, you know, this is supposed to be some sort of original content in the month of like Logan and Kong and fucking Power Rangers reboot. And it's the same shit. It's the same as any of those things. It's, yeah. You've seen it's it before. It's a reboot. Just, you just yeah. don't know it. Yeah. I mean, it's it is it is definitely one of those movies that that like if you did pitch it, like what what would you say? Like, hey, uh, it's alien, uh, but without difficult decisions and characters you give a shit about like that's <laughs> and somebody like read this script and thought like, yeah, this is going to make a lot of money because it's not it's not moon. Right. It's not a science fiction movie made on the cheap. Like you can see the money on the screen, so I just was or thoughtful, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was just expecting so much more, especially with the actors who were involved. Like there was a rumor that this movie was a prequel for a Venom movie, and this is how kind of tedious and just basic this movie was. Is like there was a point in the movie where I was like, you know, if it goes that way, I'm kind of okay with it. Fine, <laughs> like, at least something will happen. <laughs> it'll be something I'm not expecting. Something. <laughs> That, well, that you can tell the studio thought that, too, because they're like, OK, they, they moved it out of summer uh, mm -hmm. where it was going to go up against Pirates of the Caribbean 50. And that's pretty bad when they had to run <laughs> from that. And they went up against Power Rangers and whatever else came out this weekend. And, uh, yeah, I think they needed that. They needed that little venom buzz to get people into this. And that's it's funny. Even the interviews I was reading, my research, they still brought up after having seen the fucking thing. They were like, so what do you think about the venom rumor? And I'm like. Are you really interested in what the filmmakers did here or you're, you're still hanging on? Like, please tell me there's something more to this story that I've seen before. Yeah, it makes me wonder because Alien at this point is a, a really old movie. It came out the year I was born. So that's fucking old. Old. Old, old. Um, so it's hard for me to put myself in this position, but I wonder what it would be like for a new film fan who'd never seen Alien, who was like, you know, 15 years old and went to the theater to see life. Do you think do you think this would grab them? Or aside from the problems that it's just like Alien, does it work? Mm, I'm trying to think. Let's see. My uh, crowd, there's about five people thirsty. <laughs> I don't know if anyone was young. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's – the response I would expect from someone who's maybe not into movies or as much as you or I certainly do a podcast about them would be like, that was fine. <laughs> but I, I don't think this film has uh, – I'll, I'll move away from Alien and go back to Gravity. I don't think it has <laughs> – 
one insane set piece. You know, Gravity gets a lot of shit for it being all about the visuals and sort mm-hmm. of uh, all, all, you know, that sort of roller coaster ride experience. I don't feel like this one has an, I don't think it's initially staged bad. I think there's one death that's staged really awkwardly. Like even in the theater, I turned to my wife and I'm like, how did that, wait, how did the character shift to put themselves in that vulnerable position? And there's, there's something towards the end, which is, is horror movie stupid. But as far as, you know, them fighting this creature in space, I think it's all pretty well done. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like Kong. I don't like I had issues with Kong as far as what the director was doing. I wish I had done research then because, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and the actors hated that guy. No, I, I didn't. that director. <laughs> Good common sense. I don't know if Brie Larson's on the record. I may have to come back to her side of things. If she went on the record, she probably didn't. Oh, she so would. Sam, I, I would be shocked if she said Sam something. Sam Jackson, though. She is, didn't say anything uh, bad about Casey Affleck. So she's not going to say anything bad about this director. Don't tell the Internet that. They think she she swore in, uh, sworn statements and everything. Blood oath to kill Casey Affleck. That's, yeah. That's, but, yeah. Sam, Sam Jackson did not get along with that dude because he uh, basically said the guy had no idea what the look of any creatures were going to be. He did not know how to direct a special effects movie. Hmm. I would not say that about this guy. I think they, yeah. uh, like the wire work they did was all really effective. Yeah, it looked it was. good. I, I don't think the alien looks that great myself. Uh, yeah. I think it's kind of stupid looking, but it actually, in some moments looks almost cutesy. Like the way they, they did the face, like they're trying to make the, it threatening, but it was kind of this adorable little creature. Kinda, that, I think, I mean, I think it's purposeful, you know, at first, um, but no, I don't think this is going to impact. I think younger generations are still going to go to alien, especially, you know, the problem is, and that's the other thing was this original release date coming out a week or two weeks after alien. That would have been a huge mistake that I just uh, was the new alien movie. Uh, so they need to get away from that. I think uh, kids will still watch the alien series. I don't, I don't think this will live in the public consciousness for i don't know a week a hell week. didn't this weekend dave what are we talking about <laughs> yeah no Thanks. we're the only ones that saw it so yeah <laughs> all right uh so at this point uh let's let's go to spoilers so we can actually talk uh about some of the some i think some more of the problems that mike probably had with it and the the twist all right spoilers what read ahead spoil all the surprises not peeking at the end isn't traveling with you one big spoiler that's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. So, um, so let's talk about the ending first. So, I am on the record as saying, like, I'm terrible at seeing twists coming and seeing endings coming. But this, you could see miles this away. This is not a twist. This is this is. I mean, it's if you've <laughs> if you've ever seen a fucking movie before in your life, uh, you know how it's going to turn out because you know. Okay, they're not showing me certain things that they've they've not been careful. They've not been guarded. Right. Like you said, this is not moon. So they've they've put all the money on the screen to where you see everything as far as where the ships are and all that and the escape pods. And it's like, wow, we suddenly are just not seeing any sort of visual reference to where someone is in relation to the other. I wonder why that is. <laughs> well, not only that, yeah. but we have Jake Jonah Hall's character who's like, I'm gonna lure this creature on with me. Uh, and then I'm going to pilot it as it's killing me. I'm going to pilot it away. Really? D- and this creature, as hey. you mentioned, has a battle plan, apparently. So you really think it's just going to let you steer it off into deep space? Come Grounded on. in reality, my friend. This is this could happen tomorrow, according to the filmmakers. <laughs> so it's just like even before even before they lured him on there, I was like, OK, so at best, both of them are going to be on Earth. 
And at worst, only Jake Gyllenhaal is going to be on Earth and our other character is going to go off into space. And that's, you I know, mean, that's exactly what happens. And it was I don't think we're like, meant to care about Rebecca Ferguson. I don't know no. if we are or not. But uh, I mean, the it's implied that it's like, oh, this is the end of the world. For whatever, I don't know why. It's like because this thing can't be killed or something. I don't. Everything they established, that, and that's my biggest problem with the movie is, I think a dark twist, if you want to call it a twist, this ending, this Twilight Zone kind of um, turn, only works if the humans have wins. If they have some check marks in the win column, right? Where they succeed, they don't succeed. They took at all anything. the L's in this movie. So it's like, like you expect by that point, you're trained to expect like, oh, they're going to lose here too. Yeah, right. that's, yeah, that's going to happen. That's next, because so, this thing is unstuck. You haven't even injured it. Like, you haven't even wounded this I, thing. And I have issues with that. Like, I, I, I think this is, like, it's like playing in the worst Dungeons & Dragons game, where it's, like, the the, the dungeon master uh, who's created this, like, monster in his fucking head thinks it's the most badass thing. And it's, like, it's not enjoyable to watch. It's not enjoyable no. to play, um, because you're just, like, there are no rules to the creature. Like, Right. Yeah, I think like stuff like the Terminator was effective for that reason. Uh, Alien is effective because spoiler alert for that film. If you can get the fucking thing out in space, it's dead. Like right. you know, it's not it's not just gonna chill out on the ship until you land back. It's it's eventually gonna fly off. And I don't right. know. I mean, maybe maybe Ridley Scott will fix that with the newer ones. With the <laughs> six movies, we'll see aliens just hanging out in space like the Silver <laughs> Surfer. But I hope not. I hope. Oh, not. I have so many great images in my head. I can't even tell you. Yeah, and you had mentioned earlier there was a character death uh, that bothered you. Which which character death were you Ron talking Reynolds. about? Uh, okay, not that they killed him off, uh, because I think I don't find that really like shocking. Because I think that there's that sort of an established trope now that we're going to kill off sort of a recognizable figure in like right. the first half ag- half hour. Also, if you as I said, if you sort of watch trailers. And you're watching the film, you're like, hey, I think I've seen every bit of footage from the trailers that Ryan Reynolds is in up to this point. I wonder if he dies here. Hmm. Yeah. And we got it, we've got Jake Gyllenhaal on standby. So it's not like we're going to supporting characters, right. supporting actors. The reason the death bothered me is because they have this uh, you know, moral sort of quandary, I guess, this uh, battle of ethics as they're watching one of their uh, their peers uh, get his hand crushed and attacked, and he's sort of, I guess, unconscious and just floating there as the, the creature escapes its little I don't know. It's a little crab enclosure or whatever. Fish tank. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ryan Reynolds calls an audible and is like, okay, I'm going in there and uh, goes to grab him and somehow ends up with his back mm. to the creature. Like, it, it's, I was like, the fucker is floating. You don't even have to get, like, I need to get leverage to pick this dude up. Grab his foot, drag as hard as right. you can. He's gonna, Walk he's backwards. Surf man. In. <laughs> And and it's funny. I was like, is that just me being nitpicky? And my my wife couldn't let it go either. She was like, how did he get? How did he have not not have eyes on this creature? And I felt like, okay, for all of this attempts to make this grounded and realistic, that's a pretty simple thing. Like, right. I, has anyone ever dealt with like a you know a dog or something that's aggressive with them? Because yeah, I you don't turn, turn your to, fucking back. <laughs> I wouldn't turn my back to the dog either. So definitely not to this alien life form. So it just felt cheap. It felt like, uh, and I was just. You know, further research, they apparently need to get Ryan Reynolds offset because he had to do another film. So, yeah, yeah there's okay, a lot but... of and there's a lot of nitpicking moments. Like the thing that stood out to me is when they're fir- when they first have this this this, you know, this creature, this group of cells, they're trying to figure out, OK, which is what environment will it thrive under? And they're and they're controlling the environment. Well, this... alert everything. <laughs> <laughs> and they control the environment in environment in this little fish tank or whatever they're holding it in. They finally get the right one and it wakes up. But. When this creature escapes, it goes out of that environment into the environment that it wasn't alive 
that it couldn't get it to react. And all of a sudden it's still jumping around like crazy. And I was like, why would hey, you, set, why would you set this up in a way that like, oh, it can only survive like this in these, in this environment. And then all of a sudden it's, it's a killer and it can survive no matter what. And they keep trying to bring Rules up don't like, apply. It's warm exactly, baby, the alien. That's what it is. And they keep trying to bring up through the whole movie of like, oh, we could just, we can, you know, we could choke it out essentially. Like we'll just, we'll control the environment in that room. We'll close it off. And like, again, there's no rules. So they don't know how long it's going to take. So then the director and the writer could just do whatever they want. And it just ends up feeling like. It's a problem for the audience. Yeah. And it, it goes and back it just, to the wind calm. Because right. you, you lose interest in what they're attempting to do because you're like, well, no, this won't work either because yeah. nothing works. And you're just like, at that point, instead of science fiction horror, it just becomes a horror movie. And it just becomes, like you would say, like there's a bunch of meat shields around here. Like we're just waiting for the next person to die. And that's not interesting. You know, in this type of movie, if you're going to make an original sci-fi property, you have to have these characters that you're rooting for and are smart enough, like you mentioned, to get a couple W's. If they can't, then it's like, why am I here? Why are, why are we spending time with characterization if if they're just there to be killed by this creature? I have no idea. I was I was bored through that, too, because I like you said, Jake Gyllenhaal is the only one that's sort of mildly interesting. Um, but not even he can make Goodnight Moon work. Like, it's not. Oh, God. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> that was like the, honestly, the only scene in the movie that's bad enough to be memorable. And it's not Hall's fault. Like, you're giving him a children's book yes, to read is. as, the, as I, the world ends. I, this is where I disagree with you, because you, you stuck up for the, the Kong actor saying they weren't in control. You know, I, I would tell <laughs> Daniel Espinosa, uh, who is the auteur. I'm not doing this shit. <laughs> the auteur behind Safe House. Uh, fuck you. And then he'd have to deal with it. This is, you know, same with, uh, Sam Jackson, his director. He should have just, he should have just got him fired. And then, I mean, they just bring somebody else on. Like, don't you know who I am? <laughs> I wouldn't even waste my, if I had Sam Jackson's clout, right. I wouldn't even speak. I would just, I don't know. I would just, you know, I would gaze at someone and some assistant would just manhandle the director out of my like eyeline or something. Yeah. So, so life is definitely, I mean, it's weird to call it a disappointment because I don't think it's a, a bad movie. I don't think it's poorly performed or even poorly written, but it is a disappointment in the sense that I was looking for original science fiction and definitely didn't get that. Sure. You defend movies a lot. You defend I do. Kong I do. saying to, to I'm a die, positive guy, Mike. <laughs> die in the theater and you'll enjoy it. If you turn off all of your senses, close your eyes, put on earmuffs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. And uh, <laughs> Try not to smell anything, I guess. The bullshit <laughs> on the screen. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we both said, okay, life's, you know, it's it's fine as far as what they're going for. But when your attempt is to not really make anything of substance or original, then I say we, we should judge this on a different scale as far as, mm. like, does this work as any piece of art? I was no, like, not it at doesn't. all. Like, no, it's, no. It's a waste no. of your time to spend two hours on this. I think I think there's a difference between you know, judging it as a piece of art, as you say, and it being a complete waste of two hours. I have seen movies that are a complete waste of two hours. Movies that are truly bad. What, I mean, what, what can you take away from this movie that wouldn't have been better served reading a book or listening (laughs) to a new album or anything else? Like, you know, that's, that's the thing. Like I, I have a hard time figuring out if this hits a streaming service, why don't you just turn this off? Like 30, 40 minutes in, you're like, you know what? I've seen this before. I'm going to go on to the next thing. Yeah, I I mean, I I don't think – yeah, I don't think it's a movie that – it does not pass the War Machine versus War Horse TNT test. It's not a movie that if it came on TV, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to sit here and watch this. Like it's – I think it's interesting enough to watch once, but it's definitely not something I would go back to. 
by and any the problem means. is you have something like okay southpaw which came out and there's been a lot of boxing movies that pretty much tell the same story and mm. southpaw is kind of one of those jake jonah but when you actually have a drama that is going to allow the actors to act or portray a character in some way i can give those a little bit more of a pass than mm. i can something like this which is just a survival movie that really, it didn't matter if Jake Gyllenhaal was in this. It didn't matter if Ryan Reynolds. Like, they're, you don't even really need their talents here. They're, I think Ryan Reynolds had one moment that made me chuckle when he yeah. said I mean, although they're both good, I feel like in a movie like this, they're probably pretty replaceable. Like, I, I, don't, sure. think, I don't think that they bring anything to this script that pushes it above, you know, an average, decent movie. They don't Tom Cruise it up. That's for sure. I don't know that. I mean, but really, like, given given where this movie goes, do you feel like there's anyone that could? Do you feel Tom like Cruise. always? <laughs> it's always that's always the answer. Uh, let me tell you, what I, I see that fucking mummy one more mummy trailer one I, more I, time I love that trailer because Tom Cruise. <laughs> I mean, you can laugh at him if you want, but he he treats something like presumably the mummy based on the trailer. But you know, even the his more recent action movies like the Mission Impossible series, Oblivion, whatever, he treats those with the seriousness that he treats something like Magnolia or Ashwad shut. And it's I true. find that I find it amusing because you're like, dude, come on. Like you're in the mummy. Sanderson, Stanley <laughs> Cooper. I don't even know who directed the mummy, but you know, and nobody, nobody the fact that that movie. throws himself into the film and says, this is of equal importance. I think, I think Tom Cruise would also disagree with you, Dave. I would say like that. He thinks something like life should stand up to something like Ashwad shut. It doesn't. But I think he his intent is always for it to happen, and that's why he's a god. All right, sounds good. All right, so according to Mike, this movie is a giant waste of time. Uh, I thought it was according f- to you too. You I, just I, you try, it's you fine. To, it's fine. You, you try to spray some perfume on this shit, and you're like, no, nah, it's uh, all right. I guess you know it's, it's fine. It's fine. I, it's I had fine. nothing to do for an hour and forty minutes. I just stumbled into the theater, and <laughs> no, it's a waste of time. Why, why go see it? Just watch Alien again. Yeah, or watch watch uh, Alien with the commentary if you want to learn something more. <laughs> there I guess, you go. But there you go. I think that's watch good Oblivion advice. with Tom Cruise, which is basically movie. You know, still haven't seen that, which will probably hurt you because it's a Tom Cruise movie. But never, <laughs> See, okay, never this, this proves my point about how you wasted your fucking time. You could have been watching Oblivion, <laughs> a movie that only Mike liked. All right, uh, oh so so that's it for it's life. Like, By the way, this movie is the perfect movie for terrible headlines. Like you could just make your headline "Life Sucks." And it's it's a perfect headline. It's I would like that one. In. That one's fine, I guess. Um, I don't know. Mine would be "Where's Tom Cruise?" That's, that's, uh, that's your headline go, for like every. It's movie. not very clickbaity, is it? Because people are like that doesn't really make sense. What's he talking about? Uh, but uh, that's it. That's it for our review. Um, when we come back, Britt will be here for Fangirl Fixation, and uh, we're we're continuing this theme of like letting Britt watch really good movies while Mike watches terrible movies because the movie, long, baby, the I'm movie. Long. <laughs> The movie this week is The Thing. So uh, another uh, a Kurt Russell classic that I, I know Mike is a fan of. So he Should misses that, that again. Instead. Watch that. Much better use of your time. All right. So we'll talk about that and the new releases coming out this week. Hello, my name is Andrew. I'm the host of The Last New Wave, the podcast that looks at the wide and varied nature of Australian cinema. If you've ever seen an Australian film and thought, man, I wish more people could see that, then this show aims to do just that. By bringing you reviews of the latest Australian films, as well as retrospective looks at notable and forgotten films from Australia's history, The Last New Wave aims to help further the audience of Australian cinema. We also aim to deliver looks behind the scenes with interviews with directors, producers, and actors of Australian films, such as the director of The Man from Hong Kong, Brian Trenchard-Smith, and the director of All This Mayhem, Eddie Martin. So, make sure to check out The Last New Wave by heading over to AB filmreview.com for episodes or following on Twitter or Facebook at The Last New Wave. 
All right, so it's time for Fangirl Fixation with Britt. Say hello, Britt. I want to do what you tell me. That's a good point. Would you like to say hello, Britt? No. Okay, would you like to say anything else? Maybe. Okay, do you have anything else to talk about before we jump into Britt's film education? No. No? It was just gaming worlds and whining, and I know you're not prepared for that kind of life. No, I'm not. All right, so uh, moving on quickly from that, uh, this week, uh, I'm trying to remember what movies uh, we did this week. So we did, oh yeah, we did um, The Day the Earth Stood Still um, and Life earlier on this episode. So we wanted to pick like kind of a classic science fiction alien type movie. Uh, and Where we, Dave tries to give me nightmares for the night. Yes. And we realized that Britt has never seen The Thing, uh, which I only recently saw like a year or two ago. So... Um, I was behind on this one too, uh, but one thing, one funny thing that I remembered right before, right as the movie was starting, because you know there are certain things Brit cannot handle in movies, and there's some things Brit doesn't want to handle in movies, yep. and doesn't want to handle falls under the you know bad things happen to dogs or uh, animals in general, but especially dogs. especially dogs, yeah. And right as the movie started, like oh, I'm like oh yeah, I remembered. Oh shit. Uh, a major plot point of this movie involves dogs. So like the movie starts and it's all white. Uh, it's, it's always on the screen. I went, Oh crap out loud. Yep. And she was like, what? I was like, uh, I think bad things happen to dogs in this movie. Just yeah. so you know. Yeah. He says, he says, I think because he already knew and he didn't want the amount of yelling. I actually didn't occur. remember exactly what happened How with the dogs. You not I don't know. But what I remembered, what I remembered so much that happens to the dogs in this. What I remember was the very beginning when they're like chasing the dog and shooting at it. But I forgot like the, the transformation and the horribleness and the gross. Yeah. So totally just block that out for one reason or another. So Britt had to put up with that. So that being said, uh, we watched John Carpenter's The Thing, of course, stars uh, Kurt Russell and a bunch of other people, Wilford Brimley, uh, Keith David, who you know from Men at Work. Yeah. Uh, and I took great joy in just like watching your brain wrap around the fact that this was like a 25-year-old Keith David. Because his voice doesn't fit that face. Yeah, his voice has not changed. And all I could think about was fries afterwards. Yes. Uh, and if you don't get that joke, watch Men at Work. Um, so what did you think of the thing? Besides the fact that I hate you for making me watch it. Yeah, that. I mean, that goes without saying, really. You hate me. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I actually, I, I enjoyed it. It's one of those movies that didn't quite feel like two hours. Mm, like it felt shorter? A little bit. Mm. Not too much. I mean, it still felt like a thing. <laughs> mm, nice. Um, but it wasn't one of those things where you're just like, oh, God, I wish this was over. Mm -hmm. Like, like we always say, it's all about pacing. Yeah. It's all about where you drop the startles, where you change what's happening to the characters, so you start caring again. And I think this movie did a good job of that. Mm -hmm. It's also one of those things where um, we were talking about like how well it stood up to time because of yeah. the practical effects. I mean, they're not they're not great at this point, right? Because we're all used to CG and yeah, we're realism. We're 25, 30 years later. I mean, but it was still giving me the heebie-jeebies. And yeah. like, I look over at Dave and said, if I have nightmares, I'm waking your ass up. Yep. Like, that's um, understandable. Because you all, you all don't want to know what happens with my brain. No, it's, no. I should be writing horror movies. You should be. You'd make a lot of money. Oh, my God. Get on that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to do screenwriting, unfortunately. <laughs> so did you have, like, did you have a favorite character or a favorite actor? No. Actually, I wasn't rooting for anyone more than the other. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the overall feel for me was just kill it, kill it, kill it. Mm. so it's appropriate yeah so but there wasn't there wasn't any character that i felt more sympathy for or that i hated more or mm -hmm. anything like that i think they did a good job of um 
kind of making you feel bad for all of them all around right. because all they tried to do was save a dog. Right. So you get for being nice. <laughs> so what did you think of Kurt Russell kind of in? I guess I would call him the lead in this. Um, like it's pretty well balanced, but I think we follow him a lot more than we follow anyone else. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that like his character didn't entirely make sense to me. They never explained what the drinking problem was about. I think he just liked to drink. When yeah. it's that cold, what else are you going to do? Well, but like <laughs> when that's also supposed to be your pilot that you're supposed to be relying on, like I feel like, and, and the fact that he was separated from everybody else, that he had his own shack. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like there was a lot of, like, things that they dropped in there that, that I don't know what they were supposed to do for me, hmm. like, as a character. Like, why why did we bring this up if we're not going to actually talk about it? Like, it's not making him more or less interesting from the rest of the, the what are those people things? The crew? Yeah. People things, people yeah. Things. I mean, for me, I guess I, I liked that he was so separate, so you, you knew... You knew that he wasn't going to have a bunch of people to, to depend on. You knew that there weren't going to be these factions that were already in McCready's side. Because he is difficult to deal with. And he does just go off and, like, he has a line in there, like, man, I just want to go to my shack and get drunk. Like, will you leave me alone? Like, he has no interest in these human connections at all. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't know. Just, I mean, I like Kurt Russell, but it was just like. Oh, who doesn't? It's not my favorite movie he's done. What so. is it? Romancing the Stone? Oh, that's a pretty good one. <laughs> Which is always going to be a thing that I go back to whenever a bitch is in heels in a movie and running. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're changing the, the subject though. What's your Sorry. favorite Kurt Russell? Uh, anyway. Lansing Stone is really good. Big I Trouble do, in Little China. I was gonna so see yeah so like I have, uh -huh. so the, all of them are the old ones obviously so Romancing the Stone, Big Trouble in Little China, and um, Escape from New York. Okay, are my top. Nice, yeah. I mean, in the '80s, there was like no one better than Kurt Russell. Like he's just. Pretty yeah. fantastic. Like, all through that decade. Pretty Ooh. fantastic. Oh, wasn't he also in Overboard? Yeah, he was. That's another one that I yeah. probably watched way too early in life <laughs> and enjoyed. And Captain Ron. No? Nothing? I don't... Probably, <laughs> but I got nothing right now. He just plays a very good, like, kind of lovable jerk. Yeah. Like, in most of these movies. Even in this movie. I mean, he's a little... Definitely a little more distant. Roadhouse? In this movie. I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't. <laughs> don't bring up Roadhouse. That is... No. Um, so what else did you like about the thing? Or what what are things that you didn't like? Like what stands out to you about this movie? Um, some of the things like ways to survive were a little too intelligent for me. How so? Well, because they were trying to like build up this whole thing that is mimicking in order to survive. Mm -hmm. But then where is the intelligence coming from to do like setups? Like get rid of the blood, like set up McCready. Like because McCready, that was like... That was kind of like a more intelligent design. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like there was a spark of intelligence that didn't make sense for the overall entity. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I think what they were going for is, you know, they mentioned a couple times that it could, it could like mimic so well that it would fool anyone. So I took it as like, not that they were like completely destroying the human side of it, but like taking over it. So like it's, it's subsuming. So you're, so you're thinking that the intelligence comes from the, the creatures that it essentially devours yeah yeah exactly that's the way i that's the way i looked at it yeah because like for me it was more of like i don't know like single cell organism all it knows how to do is survive mm. but then there was just like very there were too many human behaviors in it so that you would see humans do right to ruin somebody else sure yeah i mean i think one of the things i really like about this is that i think in most movies if you had the same setup 
they wouldn't have had the shot in the very beginning with like the ufo flying over like they'd let you try and figure out like oh is this really an alien or is it like just the evil of humanity i like, like that it takes so long to see it too Sorry. yeah didn't mean to cut you off no it's just saying i like that they like from the very beginning they're like this is an alien so just deal with that right and then we'll move forward instead of like oh are they really are they going crazy or but i like that they also had they had that bit with wilford brimley's character where he just fucking loses it yeah and he's not being taken over at that point he just snaps yeah because people are dying and they're stuck out there I, I like that i like that not every time someone lashed out it was because of the alien there's also a part of that within us it makes me wonder when diabetes got taken over yeah like it must have been while he was out in the shack because before that mm -hmm. he was too aware yes yeah i think that's when that happened yeah so we always talk on these episodes about like you know is this a great movie so does this would this file under great for you i think it's really good but i don't know if it hits great for me okay um, and again, it's like, like it's, it's nitpicking. Like so what said, do you, like, that's, that's fine. What do you, what do you think is missing? Like what's the, where does it, where would it make the leap from very good to great? I, like I said, is it just as there was like some of those holes filled in, like, mm -hmm. like if it was, it, if they like showed that the, the creature had more intelligence or where it was coming from, because that didn't make sense to me mm -hmm. because it goes from like just this nasty, hungry thing to like plotting out ways to get out mm. and like that too like that they're so sure that it's trying to get out to get to the other population but how do you know that because you've never encountered this before so this that's where it was like mm. it was the leaps that were so, made okay so that, you felt like plot wise and script wise it was making leaps yeah. that like you could fill in but you felt like you shouldn't have to you feel like this should be more right like stable and you should you shouldn't have to like figure it out also it i'm still tripping over that computer what the the old school computer yeah. they were using yeah. that supposedly could do those complex calculations yeah. <laughs> and like read it out like that no no no, no, no. i don't know i just love uh mccready's opening sequence where he he loses in chess to a computer and he yeah dumps that it was out. great <laughs> you cheating bitch like it's <laughs> just i love i love moments like that and i love that john carpenter is one of those filmmakers who's not afraid to like have ridiculous moments like that, that right. but it really sets up who that character is or a character who's on roller skates for the first for no like, 20 minutes of the movie no reason whatsoever yeah. yeah so did you have any favorite scenes in this movie like what stood out to you like was it that horrific scene with the dogs like screw you so no not a favorite scene. i hope okay. that our couch is broken down enough that it hurts your spine wow that's rough yep it's a little mean nope. so what what else what else stood out to you then what was what was the best scene in the thing I think I think as far as like horror movies and like suspense and thriller, when you like have that oh shit moment and you're just like you're you know like look behind you like one of those things. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the scene where they're in the storage closet mm -hmm. and it starts dripping, all oh, right, and oozing and like the tentacles like wiggling. That's, right. That was one of those moments where like it was very classic. Like oh mm -hmm. shit, don't go up the stairs, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, I think the scene that stands out to me is when the, all four of them are like tied up on the couch, Ugh, and one of them tiny. changes, <laughs> like just freaking yeah, out. Yeah, that was the other one, especially with the flamethrower that just wasn't working anymore. Like, just magically stopped. What well, it has a certain amount of fuel. I mean, it's not just going to work forever. That's why they had two. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, so do you feel like you've seen modern movies take things from the thing? Do you feel like this has kind of moved forward in? in film history or is this like just a very based on a particular time in movies well i think gdt was totally 
You mean like, for creature design yeah, stuff? Yeah, like mm. for creature designs and, you know, like mimic. Like, mm. that got a little gross. Yes. And I'll never watch it again. <laughs> See, this is how I know that my cockroach thing happened later. Like, it, like, it, so it happened young and then it got triggered by something else. Mm-hmm. Because I know I've seen that movie and, like, now if I, like, even see, like, mm, mm, like, mm, done, mm, done, mm, done, done, done. Mm-mm. Mm. So luckily no bugs in this movie. No, just dogs getting like burned with acid and digested and tentacle wrapped around it and like cry. my dogs could not deal with this movie. Yeah, that's true. I had to comfort very upset. I had to comfort Gamgee the entire time because he could not deal with all the dog noises and then the music was like really messing with them. And all we talked about that that um, Stranger Things very obviously yeah. took their opening music from the end credit music from this movie. Yeah. That is the one thing, like, John Carpenter has always been... I mean, if you look at any of his really successful movies, like this, Escape from New York, Halloween, like, it's that very simplistic music that really kind of taps into that horror aspect. Like, it feels like a heartbeat. Well, yeah, like because I would say because you. there's that repetition that mm-hmm. you get synced with. Yep. Just like with Jaws. Yeah. Scariest music ever is three notes. Yep, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So I think that really fits in here. So I'm glad. Did you? So I assume we can say like you like this movie. This was like I like a good... this movie. I don't like you very much anymore. Yeah. Well, anymore. Come on. Like this is just one more example for you not to like me. Really. Thompson goes in waves. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. Like I liked you a little while ago when you brought me home a giant bag of chocolate eggs, but now you brought up this movie again. And I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna take those eggs away and then give them back. Oh, just... you won't get cut. You try to take them from me. All right, uh, so that's it for the thing. So definitely a movie we both recommend. Um, so I'm glad Britt finally and I finally saw this because I've only saw it. This is only the second time, and I only saw it a couple years ago. So one of those that had been on my list for a long time. So I'm glad that's finally taken care of. All right, so now we're going to move on to the three movies coming out this week. Dave's favorite first. Oh my god! Come right. on, just rip it off like a bandaid. All right. Rip so the first movie we're talking about is the Boss Baby. Wait, I need my cookies because I'm a closer. No, I am good. Mm. <laughs> this wasn't recorded. I would slap you in the face. Uh, anyway, Hard uh, limit. so <laughs> Boss Baby, of course, starring Alec Baldwin, is about, according to IMDb, is about a suit-wearing, briefcase-carrying baby pairing up with a seven-year-old brother to stop the dastardly plot of the CEO of Puppy Co. That already sounds like the dumbest movie I've ever heard. Just I think that. we're just going to confuse children about where babies come from. Yeah, and also, who fucking care? God, this movie looks so bad. Like, I mean... Because you're not a closer. Yeah, that's fine. Cookie. The the cookies are for closers line is are stupid. For Stop it. Uh, it's stupid, um, but I could get over that. The movie itself just looks bad. Like, it doesn't look interesting. It doesn't look funny. There, is, there wasn't one part in the trailer that made me laugh. I know you laughed at the <laughs> fart joke. Well, because you're a child. baby powder in a fart. So, yeah. So, what do you think about this movie, Britt? I'm tapping out. I can't talk about this movie <laughs> anymore because it's a personal attack that it's coming out on my birthday weekend. So, feel free. So, we all know what I'm taking to Dave, too. <sighs> no, you're not. I will walk out. Oh, the best part was when uh, we went to Beauty and the Beast and there was like four trailers oh, man. and promos for that movie. Brutal. <laughs> uh, Yeah. Okay. Anyways. So what do you think about The Boss Baby? Uh, I think it's going in the same line as the animation for Storks. Oh, yeah. You saw that movie. I didn't see it. Yeah. So. Uh, well, see, like, same... Well, see, you hated real bad on that, too, because of the little, like, jokes that I was laughing at, which you thought were inane. But, um... Yep. I, I feel like that movie at least had some substance. I don't think this one's gonna have any substance at all. And oh. they hate puppies. 
I mean, so screw that kid. I mean, how can it not be hilarious? A puppy sniffs his butt. That's comedy gold. I also feel like it's kind of like talking shit about furries. I'm just saying. Well, there was he was basically in a mascot outfit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I got nothing nice to say about this. Oh, and I, I think I told you that this, but I found out like somehow this movie is even worse than I thought because it's narrated by Tobey Maguire, who I also hate. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it's just like somebody in a lab, like if they were like, what can make Dave hate a movie? There was one Here other we person go. that we said needed to be in it for it to like fool Yeah, Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. If Jesse Eisenberg was in this movie, um, I might be driven to violence. Like this is... <laughs> I might try to find a way to destroy all prints of this movie. It's not good. All right. So we're going to move on because I don't want to talk about this anymore. Um, so we'll talk about another movie uh, and a movie that if I was interested in more downloads, I probably would have covered. Uh, and that's Ghost in the Shell. Because um, you want people to like be angry on your Well, I, I think it's going to be, it's probably going to be, I mean, I don't know how well it'll do, but it'll be the widest release that way. This is going to be one of those episodes where like, you don't want to talk about that movie. I don't want to talk <laughs> about this movie. <laughs> So the ghost so, in the shell. Uh, nope. So nope. obviously mm-hmm. based on the nope. anime of the same name, uh, but mm-hmm. with white people. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you think mm-hmm. about Ghost in the Shell, Britt? Come on. Okay, first of all, I am somewhat upset that the writer for this kind of like said it's okay that ScarJo's doing this role. Um, this is one of the animes that is so Japanese. Mm-hmm. That is a fucking insult that there is nothing but a white cast. Like this is completely about how Japan That's not came fair. out of the it's recession. Not, it's not a. It's not a. It's not a white cast. There's a bunch of uh, props that are Japanese people in this movie. So oh, <laughs> they're like literally they're set dressing. Okay, they're so like, as Look. soon as. <laughs> All right, so like I I gritted my teeth through Charlize Theron being Aeon Flux. Mm-hmm. All right, um, I'm gonna admit. I was a little sexist and was like, damn, that woman's hot. Okay, fine. Whatever. So, ScarJo, they're both hot. But Have you just grown as a person I've so grown, much? Yes, I've grown as a person. <laughs> I and, want more than sex appeal. <laughs> but I also I also feel like this is a story that needs to be told by Asian actors or Asian American actors. Because, mm-hmm. like, like this is this is part of their history. It's not just anime. It's... It's something that has right. more substance to it and that is supposed to be making people think and we have fucking whitewashed it again. Yep. Speaking of whitewashing. A white genocide's real, apparently. This is, uh, this is the perfect example of how white men in Hollywood just keep failing up. So you know what the last movie this director made was? No. Snow White and the Huntsman. Oh, <laughs> that wasn't good either, except for Chris Hemsworth in it. Oh, wait, no, that had... Charlize Theron. Yeah, she's the good part of that movie. It's not a good movie. Costume design, great. Script, shitty. Director, hmm. Not so much. And yet, you know, I'm sure this movie costs, you know, $100 million to make or whatever. I'm not going to watch this movie. Like, I legitimately am not going to watch this movie. So is this like... Okay, so let me ask you this. Do you not want to watch this movie because of a moral stand? Do you not want to watch this movie because it looks like shit to you or it both? looks gorgeous okay moral stand not watching it i'm gonna go rewatch ghost in the shell and start reading my manga again yeah well we actually own a co- it's like one i think one of two animes i own so yeah. we do have a copy of it but you, you have a copy of the movie not the series yes that's true and there's three movies yeah i just have the first one i know why would i get sequels um so yeah i think i think this movie is in a tough place because i think from a aesthetic perspective it looks really good um, but it's gotten so much bad press and for good reason that it's like, I don't know if I want to bother like spending the time with it because mm. it's just like, 
I don't know. It might be something better off for me to watch like after it's out of theaters. After no, 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 it's not allowed in our house. <laughs> With all the fucking terrible shit you can, we have, you can watch it at my mom and dad's when he's sleeping on the couch because he'll want to watch it for ScarJo's butt. That is where you can watch it. It's not allowed in my house. I've never heard you like take a stand like this strong against any movie. Ghost in the Shell is one of those things that like I grew up with and that was a very strong connection for me to anime to begin with. Okay. And like I think once I get you watching the series, you'll understand why. I really liked the movie. I thought it was tremendous. Like yeah, being, It was like there was definitely a time in my life where I was like, I'm never going to watch anime. Anime sucks. And I'm kind of still there. But... This okay, was yeah, I got things to switch you on. Yeah, no, well, well on specific genres. Yeah. So this was the this was the movie that someone showed me and said, like, you should really check this out. This is actually really good, really high quality, and it was. It's fantastic and it's rewatchable and it's really, really good. I'm just sick of Hollywood saying that they have to have a white cast to make money. Yeah. I mean it's Have you seen some of the like oh my god. What? Have you seen okay? Have you seen that meme? Speaking of um, whitewashing Iron Fist, have you seen that meme where I can't remember his names because his abs like washed it from my brain? Um, is on one side and then you're talking about Lewis Pacey. Tan, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why isn't that happening? Yeah, and Lewis Tan is actually in Iron Fist in like I think one or two episodes. He plays one of the villains, um, and yeah. everyone as he's watching it is like, why? Why can't we just switch? Yeah, switch this. Instead of this fucking... My friend posted that and my response was, hey, last photo. Yeah, that's, that's about right. That is totally acceptable. All right, so let's move on to the movie we are going to cover uh, this week. I don't remember. And that is The Zookeeper's Wife. Oh, is that what we're covering? Yes. So that is uh, The Zookeeper's Wife tells the account of keepers of the Warsaw Zoo, Antonina and Jan Zabinski, who helped save hundreds of people and animals during the German invasion. Uh, this is directed by Nikki Caro, who also directed Whale Rider, which is the movie we'll be covering earlier in the week. So, what did you think of the trailer for The Zookeeper's Wife? Uh, I think it's pretty much in the in the realm of the type of period movies I'd watch. Mm-hmm. Um, the costuming's really nice. The acting looks like it's pretty good. I mean, it's I Jessica mean, Chastain. I mean, hard to go wrong. Yeah, um, it's... The only thing I'm concerned with it, I mean, not with the movie itself, mm-hmm. but I feel like Jessica, Jessica Chastain is like being stereotyped and, and like pigeonholed into these roles now. Like what? Like what? Where she does like, you know, like all these movies about bygone eras and, mm. you know, war heroine, which they're strong female characters. Mm-hmm. There's good roles to play. I just would like to see her in some other stuff too. Yeah. Well, I'll... um. I'll bring up the fact that, like, you know, there, I think there's a fair amount of Jessica Chastain movies you haven't seen. Fair. Like, earlier this year, she was in Miss Sloan, which is a much more modern film. Yeah, which is one that I did want to see. But, yeah, it's, it's, yeah I don't know. I just... Um... But she does kind of have this kind of timeless look to her. So it's it would be really tempting to put her in these period roles. But, but that's what, like, I feel. Like, I feel sure. it's like, you're really pretty, but not to be modern. Like... Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, also stars uh, Daniel Bruhl, um, who you might know from uh, *Inglorious Bastards*, and he was also in. Uh, is it the bear guy? No, he's not. He's not something? the bear Jew. No. Bear Jew. No. Uh, but he was also. I think he was also the villain in *Civil War*. No memory of that. Must have been a great movie, that Marvel movie. That you can't. <laughs> the dead look in your eyes. <laughs> to be fair, 
I had to take my medication before we started doing this. Uh-huh. That was so, hours ago. That was not hours ago because I left them on the cutting board and remembered an hour later. Yeah, it was 30 minutes in a horrible movie we watched. And that movie Thanks, was two hours Mike. long. <laughs> it's really my fault. I volunteered for it. Um, but yeah, he was the villain in Captain America Civil War. So he's one of those actors. I get mad at him. I call him Mike. Yeah, apparently. Oh, now yeah. I know. When, when you like him, it's fried chicken. Yeah. And when you don't like him, it's Mike. It got serious. Um, yeah, so Daniel Brühl is one of those actors that I really like. And I, I would like him to be in better movies and not just in, you know, Marvel movies. Um, I'm so. interested to see the reception of this movie, considering certain political climates right now. Uh, you might want to look at this as a how-to guide. I'm just going to throw that out there. How-to guide. Yeah, yeah. You wanna, if you want to start hiding people just, soon. Just change Jews to Muslims. Or really any group. Or, Asian, yeah, I guess J- black Jews people, can stay there too. Yeah. Like just, Anything non-white. Yeah, as long as you're uh, white and straight and male, you should be all right. But everyone else, like, you yeah. might want to get to the zoo. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> I am really... Like, I, like, I really want to see this, but again, I'm scared of the length of the movie. Like, I feel like the older that I'm getting, the less inclined I am to watch long movies outside of my couch. All right. This movie is two hours and four minutes. So it's not too long. Not too long, but it's still edging into that. Like, like how much <laughs> emotional trauma can I deal with in public? All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Might have to wait for uh, Amazon for, for Brit, for the zookeeper's <laughs> yeah. wife. All right. Uh, anything else you want to add before we finish out the show this week? Other than you're older than dirt soon. I'm older than, well, I'm already older than dirt. I'm going to be even older than older than dirt in a few cousin. days. Yeah, it's a good reference. I like, it. I like it. Eight days older than God. It's true. All right. Uh, so that's it uh, for this episode. Uh, next time you hear me, we'll be doing an episode on Whale Rider, Nikki Caro's, uh, I think one of her first movies. And then, of course, that will be paired with the Zookeeper's Wife. Are you about to say something? Go ahead. Spit it out. Okay, that's fine. Alright, uh, so until then, I will be here diagnosing your favorites and judging you for what you want. I'm also going to keep harping while I'm still on this new release thing with you on how you're like, it's alright, it's fine. <laughs> like, I'm going to find out that Pop Culture Case Study has stock in all these studios or something. We're like, <laughs> if only. Fuck, man. That would be great. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't be scrambling to you know, see the zookeeper's wife if you had stock. I'm assuming yeah. they're dual. Yeah.